This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now on this podcast for... Uh, Some time now, we have been covering Taiwan, the island of 23 million people. It's off the coast of uh, mainland China. Uh, The Chinese regard Taiwan as theirs, a part of their nation. And in recent times, the trouble and tension between the two uh, countries, Taiwan and China, has been ratcheted up in a major way. Last week, uh, in particular, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, who is third in line to be president, should anything happen to Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, his deputy, Nancy Pelosi would be the president. Uh, She decided that she was going to visit Taiwan. She arrived last week. It was, many people felt, extremely provocative because in recent times, China under President Xi has taken a much harder line on Taiwan. It is a more confident, assertive and aggressive China now than ever before. And to discuss these developments, we're joined now by William Yang, journalist and a good friend and contributor to the stand. William, thank you very much for joining us. You've had an exciting time in recent weeks. How troubling is this? Did you welcome the arrival of Nancy Pelosi? And how do uh, your people in Taiwan feel about her visit? So I think um, more people actually feel that they welcome her visit because they think that it's just another very important sign that the U.S. is still willing to send their high-level politicians to the to Taiwan and to show support, even if it's symbolic uh, and there's no actual, uh, you know, like uh, things that will be achieved out of these uh, meetings or visits. Yes. Uh, actually, a very interesting uh, public opinion poll that was just released uh, yesterday. Uh, showed that 52% of the respondents welcome her visit, while 24% uh, don't welcome her visit. So I think that shows that uh, more than half of the Taiwanese people actually still think that her visit is necessary. 
Um, but I think, on the other hand, there are also a lot of uh, concerns among uh, experts and also among observers, uh, mostly from the U.S. and also around uh, other parts of uh, the world, especially in Japan, that they are concerned that China is going to take a very, very strong escalated uh, response yes. to her visit. And as we saw, that was the case, a seven-day military exercise around Taiwan with a lot of unprecedented moves by, by China, including firing ballistic missiles over Taiwan, uh, so basically uh, imposing a blockade scenario around Taiwan for seven days. Yes. And a lot of their fighter jets and uh, naval vessels were actually also just uh, crossing the median line of Taiwan straight, which is actually unprecedented because usually what they usually do is to fly their fighter jets into the air defense identification zone. But this time is way much closer to Taiwan. And they have made it very clear that this kind of activity is going to become the new normal. They are going to continue to conduct patrols, which they did because just this past Sunday, there was another uh, U.S. congressional delegation visiting Taiwan, and they did send out dozens of fighter jets also, again, crossing the uh, center line of the Taiwan Strait. So they're pushing closer and closer of their very... Uh, intimidating military activities closer to Taiwan in terms of the distance and the proximity. And this is what a lot of experts actually view as China's uh, way of using Pelosi's visit as an excuse to change the status quo across the Taiwan Strait, and they've already implemented it and putting in, it into action. Yes, and of course, China-U.S. relations are poor. It is also there's a context for this. One of the contexts would be uh, that your president, Tsai Ing-wen, she was uh, elected, I think, in 2016. She is from the Democratic Party, which is a more, a, a more, shall we say, aggressively nationalist party that does believe that Taiwan is an independent and separate country and will stay that way. There's also, of course, the example of the West's response to the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, uh, that is another context. There's also a statement made by Joe Biden, which was subsequently uh, withdrawn when he was asked at a press conference whether if China invaded Taiwan, the United States would come to Taiwan's uh, aid. And Joe Biden said yes. And of course, the historic, if you like, ambiguity that governs relations between China, Taiwan, and the U.S. is that the U.S. accepts in principle that really Taiwan is part of China. That is the status quo, is it not? So I think the status quo is uh, a little bit more complicated. Um, yes, I think, I'm first sure of all, is. I need to clarify that uh, Taiwan herself actually she does not support independence. She supports maintaining the current way yes. of Taiwan's status. Even though her party oftentimes was being viewed as a little bit more supporting Taiwan's sovereignty. But I think uh, right now, most of the politicians in her uh, party knows that 
pushing for an independence move is not going to get Taiwan any domestic support, but also at the same time, international support, because yes. the U- United States will definitely not back uh, such a uh, move. But at the same time, uh, China obviously has been claiming under its one China principle that Taiwan is a part of China. And uh, they reserve the right to militarily reunify with Taiwan if necessary, even though the Chinese Communist Party has never actually ruled Taiwan for a day. That was the current, the previous uh, government under the uh, opposition, current opposition party in Taiwan called Kuomintang. They they ruled China, including Taiwan, and then they retreated to Taiwan. So the Chinese Communist Party actually has never actually had a legitimate uh, rule over or claim over Taiwan. So, uh, which is why I think uh, in the world right now, official name, there were still two China. Taiwan's official name is Republic of China. And I think uh, this visit, uh, the reason why it uh, raised a lot of uh, concerns among both the U.S. establishment and also the U.S. government is because of the fact that they are very worried that it could give China an excuse to actually yes. uh, justify a lot of the aggressive moves that they've been conducting around Taiwan over the last two years. And it did turn out to be that way. So uh, right now, what uh, some of the experts are saying is that uh it's very crucial to see how the U.S. decides to respond to this. But uh, for now, the uh, Biden administration so far has only promised that they will uh, continue to sell through their military naval vessels uh, through the Taiwan Strait uh, yes. periodically. Uh, and that has already triggered some angry response from China because China uh, unilaterally has already claimed that the Taiwan Strait is not an international water, and there's no such thing as the median line under the international law. So these are all signs that China is already claiming the total ownership over the uh, ability for any country's uh, vessels to conduct any navigation through this strait. And that is very concerning because a lot of the military activities, uh, a lot of the global supply chains and uh, cargo ships all go through the Taiwan Strait. And uh, it also is going to have an impact on the global semiconductor supply because Taiwan is one of the biggest manufacturer of that. And if China was able to start to uh, impose any kind of restriction for uh, freedom of navigation, that is going to have a huge impact on the world, especially the uh, developed uh, countries. Yes, of course. And I think 80% of the uh, chips, computer chips and that are produced uh, in Taiwan. Among the people of Taiwan, William, is there a conversation about this moment? Because there is another factor in the equation President Xi later this year will hope to be re-elected as leader of the Chinese Communist Party. That will give him uh, the same uh, power as Mao Zedong. It will mean that he enjoys the support and the success and that as part of his legacy, if you like, reuniting Taiwan with 
the mainland would be for him uh, a personal coup, a personal achievement. Yeah, and... Is that, uh, a, f- is this, that a factor? If I'm wrong, tell me. That is definitely one of the biggest factors that is uh, pushing him to pursue all these very aggressive uh, military conducts around Taiwan. And uh, one thing to be, uh, I mean, for sure, is that after the Congress, party Congress, uh, this fall, he is going to become even more powerful than Mao Zedong. He is going to become the only leader in the Chinese history that has ever ruled more than two terms which is already unprecedented. And on top of that, if he is able to achieve the so-called uh, ultimate unification between Taiwan and China, that is going to cement his uh, unchallengeable yes. status in the Chinese history. And yes. that will give him so much justification to continuing the hardline rule in the country and also the very, very confrontational and aggressive policies around the world. Um, He is right now, I think all eyes are looking at how Beijing and his government is responding to the issue of Taiwan and uh, how they're trying to ensure that the United States and Taiwan are not going to get its way. And I think clearly uh, it is working out pretty well for him and the party and the government right now, at least domestically in China, nobody is questioning that most of the Chinese people or the sentiments on Chinese online uh, netizens, they're all supportive of what China has done in terms of uh, after Nancy Pelosi's visit. So I think these are all um, very calculated moves by Beijing leading up to the uh, very important occasion this fall. In terms of an example, what happened in Hong Kong over the last year or two in terms of the one country, two systems uh, idea, which the Chinese agreed with the British, they ripped that up and they now have uh, imposed on Hong Kong a fairly uh, brutal system that is not laws-based. Is what happened in Hong Kong... The fact that so many young people left, uh, went to Britain, who gave them passports, of course, and how ruthless the Chinese were, how brazen they were, they just did it because they could. Does that have a resonance for Taiwanese people and for the fate of Taiwan in the future? Yeah, definitely. I think that's uh, actually, you know, making a lot of people believe that they should not accept any kind of these similar conditions that Beijing is going to provide to present to the Taiwanese people. And these military conducts that China has uh, put forward over the last two weeks has already, uh, I think, uh, changed the public opinion about the possibility of being uh, reunited with China. Basically, right now... What, what uh, are they af- proposing, William? Well, they're basically proposing the same thing. One country, two systems. It's not right. too different from uh, what they have already implemented in Hong Kong and also in uh, Macau. Yes. So, uh, basically, after the uh, military conducts that they have actually already done... Uh, more people think that um, 
Taiwan should not stop its activities to try to raise its international visibility just because China is going to retaliate. And at the same time, uh, in fact, more people now support Taiwan independence than before. Yes, fifty percent of the people in this latest uh, opinion poll support independence, and only twenty five point seven percent support. Maintaining the status quo, yes. so that's actually a very, I think, a telling result of what China's aggressive actions would, you know, create over here in Taipei. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Younger generation, I understand, in Taiwan, they are the ones with obviously with the most at stake for their futures, but also with the, it seems they are the most determined to stay free. Yes, for sure. I think because they see how difficult it is to maintain democracy, they see how difficult it is to actually negotiate with an authoritarian government like China. In the case of Hong Kong, and they also see how quick things can slip through their fingers,、yes. rights can slip through their fingers, and so obviously,、uh, I think these are all part of the reasons why they are more determined than ever to actually defend Taiwan's way of life and Taiwan's right, Taiwanese people's rights and freedom. I think these are all very important things for them to consider. Uh, and so that is, I think, one of the reason why you know right now we are seeing this unprecedented、uh, shift in the Taiwanese public opinion about Taiwan's future. When 
those of us in the West look around and see in the United States the Donald Trump, the rise of Donald Trump, when we look at the United Kingdom and we see Brexit and a mess of stupidity, and even when we look at the European Union and how it's kind of weak in many ways and divided in many ways, the West appears to be weak and lacking conviction and determination. Does that view, do you, do you get that? And does that sort of view of the West, which may encourage Putin to do what he did and may encourage President Xi to make a move on Taiwan, does that resonate with you, the, the state of the West at the moment? Mm, I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't say over here in Taiwan that many people actually already hold that view because they know that there are some economic factors involved in yes. decision-making and given China's uh, dominance in the world right now, it's going to be very difficult to just say completely uh, impose sanctions on China without considering a lot of the you know, uh, yes, of course. following consequences for each country or the entire world. And so I think people here are more realistic. They know uh, what are the ways for Taiwan to ensure that these Western democracies will stay on its side for yes. as much as they can. But also they are starting to wake up and realize that they can't just count on these countries to come to Taiwan's defense when if one day China decides to invade, simply because there are a lot of um, examples already, like in Ukraine, uh, most yes. the most that the Western countries are willing to do is to supply uh, weapons rather than really sending in any military to get involved yes. in a large-scale military warfare. So uh, that... These are the shared uh, thoughts. So instead of people simply blaming or criticizing the West, I think people are just becoming more realistic and uh, turning towards viewing how they can develop Taiwan's own ability and Taiwan's own strength. To fight if necessary. Let me ask you about uh, the, the Japanese and Australia recently also came out strongly to support Taiwan, did it, did they not? Right. I think these are countries in the region where they view China's rise and expansion yes. with a lot of concern, and especially for Japan. Basically, they have repeatedly said that if Taiwan falls, then Japan's security will also not be safe anymore. And uh, Australia is also very concerned about once uh, China is able to project itself into the Pacific, then that is right around the neighborhood of Australia's uh, sphere of influence in the uh, Pacific Island area region. China is already trying a lot of different ways to uh, consolidate its influence and its impact on these countries. And the, Australia definitely doesn't want China to be as close as to the Pacific uh, Island region. So they are trying everything they can to start conversations within the country to view and assess the level of risks that is going to be involved in terms of a potential Chinese-Taiwan war scenario. Many people feel at the moment, William, that there 
really is coming, uh, if it's not here, a moment where the autocracies of the world, Russia, China, the Middle East, Iran, these places are, are really feeling that the West, with its messy democracy and with many other failings, as it were, that there is now a, a looming moment when the world can be democratic, rules-based, lawful, or it can be what the autocrats want it to be, where they govern from the top down. Is that in the minds of people in Taiwan? Is that understood? Yeah, definitely. They all, we all, people here all think that they're on the front line of the battle between defending yes. democracy and also facing, fending off the uh, rise and expansion of the authoritarianism. And so uh, I think which is why they hope that more international attention and understanding about Taiwan is going to be uh, developed. So I think uh, that is a point that the Taiwanese government has been repeating internationally over the last few years. And uh, after China's recent activities, I think more countries are going to understand this point and also try to be offering any kind of support that they can without angering or triggering more uh, aggressive responses from China. China has its own economic problems uh, uh, as well, doesn't it? Um, it also has it, uh, uh, COVID problem, zero COVID problem, which is not working. If you like to use a popular phrase here, everything isn't rosy in China's garden, is it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there are definitely a lot of domestic problems that the Chinese government will have to address uh, sooner or later. But for now, at least uh, to the outside world and to the uh, Chinese government themselves, the most important thing is to highlight victories. And so anything, any occasions that can show up their strength, uh, demonstrate their ability to claim something that has been very impossible to claim, yes. they will try to uh, go after it. And uh, Nancy Pelosi's visit kind of offered a an opportunity for China to demonstrate that. If it was a choice that had to be made again, would it have been better for Nancy Pelosi to stay home in Washington? Or do you feel the point ha a point has been made about solidarity with the Taiwanese people? Or was it, shall we say, more to benefit Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> I think this is really hard to say because she was originally going to visit in April and she got COVID and that information was already leaked to the media. So China had months to prepare all these responses. And when right. she decided to visit again, I think obviously China is already ready. So a lot has to be said about how, whether it's ethical or not for these staff around these politicians to leak these information to the yes. media and you know what kind of effect that is going to be i think that's the mo more important question than uh, looking at whether pelosi's visit when she should or should not be visiting and because china's threats are always here around taiwan so 
most of the Taiwanese people think that it doesn't matter whether she visits or not. China is going to always do what they want to do if they feel like doing. The only difference is that this time they have a lot more time to really organize and orchestrate a very powerful yes. response and show up for. So I think that is the only difference. A final question about the effect the Chinese um, response had on Taiwanese people, the the power of it, and also the possibility that was demonstrated that if they wanted, they could blockade Taiwan. They could cut you off. Was that right. something that was? Is that something that has worried the Taiwanese people? Uh, I think it. It so far the effect is only minimal. I wouldn't say it has really triggered a lot of panic here. Right. Uh, most of the people here still go on with their lives. There's no talk about huge waves of people emigrating to other countries. Uh, there might be some discussions about long-term plans, but I think for the time being, there is no immediate signs that Taiwanese people are settling into a panic mode. So I think China has not really achieved what it wants to achieve within Taiwan. There, the society divisiveness is minimal, and the level of panic is minimal. So I think so far, yeah, the outcome of this series of activities probably only serves the domestic purpose more than the international purpose for Beijing. Okay, William, we're very grateful to you for joining us from Taipei, and thank you. For your contribution, we're grateful to William and to all of you for listening. Uh, that's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.